G'day leaders. In this podcast, we talk about storytelling and why great leaders use it to engage and motivate people and inspire them to connect to purpose. Enjoy. Why did it count backwards? I know that we're now recording. <laughs> what? Hello, Captain. <laughs> what do I Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. What are we going to talk about? I don't know. So, leadership, life, and everything else. Yeah. And we're live. No, we're still recording. <laughs> hey, Michelle. Hi, Guy. How are you doing? Good, good. Up bright and early on a Sunday morning. Yes, you had a great idea this morning. We were getting a morning coffee and you suggested we do a podcast on a particular topic. Yes, yeah, storytelling. We went and saw Bert Kreischer last night. Yeah, the amazing, machine. The machine, that's right. An amazing comedian. A packed house. It was it was awesome. And one of the things that really re like came out was how he is such a great storyteller. He's so gifted, isn't he? He is. He's funny. Very mm. funny. But um, just the way he could weave stories in and take you on this journey. And you thought that he was drunk and had no idea, but very, very skilled. Craft I think he probably was drunk. Oh, well, he, yeah, that's <laughs> he right. He's he done it a number of times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But very skilled. Very yeah, skilled. incredible, wasn't it? That he'd start a story and then go off on a tangent. Yep. Uh, you know, tell another sub story, a little mind, like a little uh, joke on the side, and then you come back to the main story and you go, Oh, yeah, that's where we were. That's right. Yeah. yeah. We've we got another favorite comedian who does that as well. Um, Sarah Silverman. Yes. And yes she, she, does. she does it very differently, doesn't she? She does. What's she her? actually says, Oh, put a pin in it. Yes. Let's put a pin in that and we'll yeah. come back to it later. Yeah. Yeah. What a great gift it is to be able to tell stories. Well, then we were discussing how, with storytelling, how uh, in your keynotes and training, you tell a story. And yours. Yeah. Yes, your mine. keynotes. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. And how then you're actually taking the room, the audience, on a journey with you. Mm. And people can relate. So I've, I've been very fortunate to sit in your keynote a couple of times and there's not a dry eye in the room. They, they honestly, people are with you in the great times. They're down with you, you know, in the, in the ditches with the, the bad times and the, they really, really, they're part of your journey. And, and one of the things I thought, oh, you're very, when I first saw you, you're very gifted at oh, storytelling. Thank you very much. But I realised when I saw... The, and could feel in the room, and this was to thousands of people, that that moment when it clicked, and it clicked for me what was happening, was that whilst people were seeing you and, and feeling you, they also then started to put themselves they in. They assimilate. They did, yeah. they did. And, and then we started thinking as we were getting our coffee this morning, how great leaders also have that ability. Yes. Yeah, it's like Steve Jobs and Richard Branson. And yeah, and then and then and, and the opposite of that, there are leaders who don't have that ability and to get people on the journey with them. Yeah, and just the disengagement of the employees mm, and mm. Um, they're they're really people have this. They don't know the person, the leader necessarily, but they don't like them. Yeah, yeah, which is weird. It is weird. Um, I I, I love storytelling and listening to great. Storytellers, and I've I said to you when we first met, you've got an amazing ability to tell stories, and some Thank of you. your stories are still blowing me away. <laughs> um, and the world will get to read them and hear them very soon. Um, 
but the gift of being able to tell a story takes somebody on a journey and I, I researched a little bit of this uh, many years ago that when somebody's hearing a story it engages much more of their brain Mm. So lots of areas of their brain light up when they're listening to a story because they have to create the pictures in their mind. They have to then start to assimilate, like you said before, you know, associate it to their own story. And that's why it's so much easier to listen to a story than somebody just drolling on about facts. Like you've probably sat in somebody's presentation where they've got PowerPoint slides or um, you know, visuals and they're just reading those visuals to you, just throwing data at you and you quickly go to sleep. Yeah, oh, definitely. And you know that they've spent hours upon hours collecting this mm. and even spending money to have it professionally done yeah but they lose the audience yep because yep. it's not personal yeah I used, I used to do a lot of presentations at the end of conferences and so I was asked to one particular conference I went to it was here in Sydney and everyone just got up and read bullet points to the audience for two days and oh and gosh. I was sitting in there because I wanted to know what the other speakers were talking about they I, I, like I have to say they weren't professional speakers they they were presenting on their area of expertise at this particular conference but you could just see the audience fighting really hard trying to stay awake and it was so sad to see that um, all these people were just doing what they thought a good presentation was and that is just here's some data and I'm going to read it to you on a slide and for two days and at the end of the two days they gave me I think I had um, 25 minutes and and we were sponsoring the conference the a company I used to work with and so I got up on the stage and I said hey all right everyone I've got some slides for you yeah. and I went click and I showed a picture of a child coming down a slide <laughs> and then I went click there's another slide it was a water slide click there's another slide that'll be the last slide I show you and I turned off the projector and I just jumped off the stage and just walked amongst the audience and started to just tell them a story yeah um and i wasn't doing it to to kind of you know um dismiss the other presenters obviously they'd been asked to present on their area of expertise and they just do what everyone else does and that, mm. that is they just simply read data to their audience but i wanted to show the audience that the best way to engage people is through storytelling and to really get people to use their own brain rather than just listen to your brain reading data. Um, well, how many times have you heard and thought a book is so much better than the movie because your mind and how you create yeah. it, it's, you know, it's, it's personal. Yeah. Whereas the movie, it's like, oh, actually, I preferred the book. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's very, very rare that a movie is better than the book mm. because when you read the book, like you say, you create your own pictures, you create your own characters, you know exactly what they look like and then... They bring in somebody else to, to replace your picture in your head. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, well, with leaders, I can imagine. So I, and I will put in the show notes where it is, and I can't recall where I read this, yeah. but that um, employee engagement direct, uh, like leads directly to uh, revenue, increased revenue, et cetera. Profitability, yes. yeah. And there's a, a magic number. So 75%, mm -hmm. if employee engagement is above 75%, that um, the the increased revenue is is huge. Like it's it's a marked difference. So there's a strong relationship between those two. There is. Metrics. So and it's again the employee engagement. Mm -hmm. If it's um and in Australia again I I will find where I read this, but employee engagement in Australia is often sixty six percent and below. Mm. And I immediately came to mind was Qantas and Alan Joyce. So I think he's the leader that people love to hate. And um, despite, you know, they're they're coming back post pandemic uh, with profits, people are actually 
um, united and engaged because he's potentially leaving. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. (laughs) And then I think back to some of the leaders I worked for that were very autocratic and, um, you know, there was there was high amount. You'd never go to the crew room because people loved to, to hate on the, this particular leader wins, and, yeah. and, and would would go out of their way to go against, within the, the, the law and the rules, but go against what this leader was spruiking we needed to do. You mm. know, they'd want to spend extra money or they'd, they'd want to make things not as economical as what it could. And that was because they were very autocratic and... Yeah, and they were just not engaged. This this particular leader, and I won't say his name, um, that comes to mind is he wasn't with the people. And okay. he... So there was no storytelling. We got the bullet points. Yeah. We got the numbers. Mm. And, and often in a way that put blame. So you immediately switched off. Okay. And you created this picture in your mind that this person was up there and he was the, you know, almost in storytelling books where he was the the ogre. Yeah. And yeah, whereas then the next person who stepped into that role really humanized and reminds reminds me actually of what Steve Jobs did mm. and and created this passionate work environment mm. and encouraged people to drop in told stories about where he'd been prior and yeah. and yeah people were engaged they loved him yeah yeah oh my mind's going a million miles an hour i love this so you're, you're saying that staff engagement leads to greater revenue i haven't read this research so i'd love you to send me a copy when you get it yeah. um and your experience is with leaders who tell stories and engage and bring you on a journey staff engagement goes up yes but, you know people are just throwing data and figures and we've got to reach these figures they oh, don't death inspire by you PowerPoint. At all. yeah mm. yeah so and and i've noticed in your your training mm. I, I don't think you have there are, like you do 10 slides and there aren't any any words at all i don't and, use any words no. oh i'm sorry i shouldn't say that i do have some slides with with words on it but yeah I, every every module that we run my my theory is that you have to engage people you mm. have to get them interested in what it is you're about to teach them you have to get them to be able to assimilate and put it into context in their own life, their own career, their own situation. Uh, tell a story, get them engaged and help them discover the information So through storytelling. So I love talking about leaders that I've met along the way. I talk about a particular leader that I had a business partnership with, Steve, and I talk about how he was so approachable. Mm. And the way I do it is I, I, I tell them a story about what it was like to walk into his office and how he would violently push himself away from his chair and then he'd spin around and then he'd lean forward and he'd look you in the eye and say, I don't have time for you right now, but I'll be ready in 10 minutes. Can you come back in 10 minutes? And you go, yeah, absolutely, no worries. And then he'd spin back around violently and go back to his computer and and he was one of the most approachable people because with his body language, he constantly told you that hey i've got time for you but he even did it when he didn't have time for you yeah uh, yet the uh, another leader that i then ended up working with you know you walk into his office and he would sit there with his hands over his keyboard and you'd call out his name and instead of turning around violently like like steve used to do and lean forward and say hey how can i help you this leader would just sit there with his hands over the keyboard and go yeah 
Mm. It wouldn't even look at you. So I love telling that story. So I didn't do it very well just then. But I tell that story in in uh, in a classroom, and I can just see people's eyes going, "Ah, oh, they done, can relate. I've yes. done that. I, I I keep typing away while people are talking to me, or I'm on my phone while my kids are talking to me, and I'm not approachable. And so they walk away. And quite often at the end of the course, I'll say, "Hey, that story about you know your business partner who was really approachable that really resonated because." I do that, but if I said to them, okay, here's a, here's a PowerPoint slide. Um, all right, when people come to you, you've got to look at them. You've got to get your hands off the keyboard. And I just did it in a you know, typical presentation style yeah. where you're just giving people data. Each point it's, coming yeah, with each click. It's yeah. not working. No. It's not working. Storytelling is the best way to get information into, into people's brains. It's really how you drive innovation and strategy in a business. Yeah. Well, don't... even just letting letting the staff, your fellow staff know, um, what is it, why we do what we do. It's a purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the backstory. Mm. And, and, and yeah, for purpose. Yeah, connecting people to purpose is, have we spoken, I don't think we've spoken about that in a no, podcast yet. Have we? No, not yet. No, purpose is such an important thing. You, you've probably seen Simon Sinek's yes. TED talk on connecting people to the why, and I love talking about Disneyland, at Disneyland, their purpose is making magic happen. In every moment, your job is to make magic happen. And in the customer centricity workshop, we, we do this section on purpose. And I say, okay, I want you to imagine you're a cleaner at Disneyland. Yeah. What is your job? And everyone goes, oh, to clean the park and make it look beautiful. I said, okay. All right. And then I tell them this story. I want you to imagine that you've taken your kid to Disneyland, right? And uh, and they're in their happy place. Disneyland's number one on most kids' lists. And you give them an ice cream, and ice cream is number two on their list. So you've given them an ice cream at Disneyland, the magical place, and, and they're sitting there. How, how happy would they be? And people go, oh, they'd be, you know, you know they'd be happy. Ecstatic, yeah. ecstatic. And I say, okay, so I want you to imagine that that child's, you know, eating the ice cream, and all of a sudden they drop it on the floor. What happens to the child? the child starts crying. So you can imagine that a child at Disneyland is standing there crying. Now, you're a cleaner. You see that ice cream on the ground. What do you do? And all the people go, well, you clean it up. I go, no, you don't because at Disneyland, they're all connected to something bigger. They, that cleaner would run over to the ice cream parlor and they'd say, code red, vanilla on the ground or whatever, whatever it is, and they'd run back to the child. They'd get down to the child's level and in their best impersonation, <laughs> I can't do that very well, You've but I'm trying. You've been wanting to do that, though, haven't you? <laughs> I do. And then, then they'd give the child a new ice cream to put that smile back on their face. And then they'd clean up the ice cream because at Disneyland, you're, if you're a cleaner, your job is not to clean the park. Your job is to make magic happen. Oh, by the way, you also clean up the park. Yeah. yeah. So, and and the way Disneyland do it, they do it very much through storytelling. That uh, it's it's all about making magic happen and connecting people to purpose. So, I think that ties in very very well with the with the storytelling that we're talking about today. That the leaders who can connect their their organisations to the purpose through storytelling are the most engaging. They're the ones that that drive culture and drive innovation and drive staff engagement, like you were talking about before, because when you're connected to something that's bigger than what you do, connected to something bigger than your role through engagement, that's where motivation and drive comes from. Yeah, so this this gift of storytelling, it's it it, does, it comes naturally to some people. For example, you, I, I love listening to your stories. You, so just... thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> but um, it's 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 something we can learn, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, it's just a matter of getting out of your head and getting out of those bullet points. Well, becoming human and showing your human side. Your frailties. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And and people, you know, no one's a, a robot, no one's a superhuman. Apart mm. from you, but there. <laughs> How am I a superhuman? <laughs> I just thought I'd say then. <laughs> um, but the yeah, if you can show your vulnerability yeah. as a leader, mm. then you get people on board with you because they can connect. You're not a position, a role higher than. Yeah. You're a human as well. Yeah, that reminds me of something that they they do in the Navy SEALs to create team culture is to share vulnerability. Did you know that? No, I didn't. So, um, they the way they they create a strong bond in their team, and they they're always moving towards psychological safety, is they get people to share where they failed after an action. So in uh, after action review, I think it's called an AAR after action review. Every time you perform an action, you you review it. Hmm. So whatever it is, they go out into theater, they do whatever they do. Uh, and But when they come back, they're encouraged to share vulnerability. And so if I share my vulnerability with you and then you share your vulnerability with me, the trust between us goes up and we're, we're creating a connection. And I've seen leaders do this very, very well in their storytelling. So when they're when they're engaging their organization at a conference or they're talking to a team, they tell a story, they bring out some vulnerability, they show how they fail, they showed what they learned and then how they improved and went forward. And you can just see that sort of style of, of communicating changes people. It yeah. changes people because you're now a human being to me. I've assimilated with your story because I've brought in my own past and now i'm connected with you and i trust you yeah but that the opposite where they just stand up and say okay these are the quarterly figures we're gonna hit this week and do it you know and just throwing data and expectations at people it just doesn't work does it no mm. no that's mm. right guy i know in your courses part of your leadership training uh, workshops that you hold you actually teach the art of storytelling to leaders to get that engagement from employees and mm. to build that team culture yeah we we do it as part of some of the bigger leadership programs that we run over six seven months yeah and we also have a standalone workshop that we run so we we the gift of storytelling so it's i used to do it in just a presentation skills course yeah it was a module in that and then everyone got so much out of it and I thought well that's really the gift of presenting is not just standing up there with a bunch of slides talking about bullet points but it's telling a story so yeah years ago I, I started to teach the, the the gift of storytelling um, and I called it the gift of storytelling because it's a gift to your audience yes if you're sitting in an audience and the, and the speaker is telling a story it is a gift because you're not sitting there going oh when's this going to end you, you're not wanting it to end. A great story. Uh, I, 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 this all started many, many years ago. So I saw um, one of the most gifted speakers and his name's com not coming to me at the moment. It'll, it'll pop into my head. But um, he started Kentucky Tours and I saw his, his presentation and it was one of the best keynotes that I've ever seen. So I had spent all day running a workshop at the end of the day, I was extremely tired. I was exhausted. 
we'd had a lot of fun during the day and then I had a, a couple of hours before I was going to go and watch this keynote. Um, oh, his name will come back to me in a second. I've gone over to North Sydney where I'm going to watch him talk and um, John, 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 John Anderson, John Anderson. Sorry, I knew it was going to pop into my head. Now he, sorry, sorry, I'll go back. So I spent a whole day training. I'm exhausted. It's the end of the day. And so I went and had dinner at, just at a pub. I got a counter tea and I got a big schnitzel. And so I'm sitting there eating schnitzel and chips and filling up. So now not only am I tired from the day, I'm tired from a big meal. And I'm thinking that was a bit silly because I'm about to go and watch somebody speak and I'm going to be very tired in the audience. And then uh, the, the mate that I was with said, hey, how about we have a beer? And I went, all right. So I had a beer as well. So I've, I've spent a whole day on my feet training. I've, I've had a, a huge meal and I've had a beer. That's, that's the ingredients <laughs> for a sleep yes. for me. Anyway, so I went into this, this room, sat down and John and comes out, the, the, the founder of Kentucky Tours, and he started this story. And I was captivated. Now, I was quite young. It was early on in my career. I was just captivated by the way he told his story. So he'd be moving around the stage, telling the story. But then every now and then he would step out of his story. It was almost like he had this path on the stage that he would walk while he was telling you the story. Come on a journey with me, he was kind of saying with his body language. But then he'd step out of the story, come to the front of the stage, look at the audience as if, well, I'm not telling a story at the moment. And he'd deliver a valuable piece of business advice. And then he'd pause while we absorbed it. And then he'd go back on his little walking path. And then we went here and then we went there. And he did this for an hour on stage telling you the story of Kentucky and how it started. I don't think I even blinked. <laughs> I was wide awake. I had the ingredients of sleep, a big day, a can of tea and a beer. And John held my attention for an hour and I went home that night and I thought to myself, I'm a speaker, but I want to be as good as him. Mm. And so I think he was one of the first people that I really observed had the gift, the absolute gift of not just telling a story, but weaving in business messages. And it's such a powerful thing for your audience because I looked around the room at one stage because I'm thinking, is everyone else as engaged as me? And I looked around and everyone was wide eyed and smiling and laughing. It's like he reached into our brains, turned a switch on and took us for a journey, took us on a ride. And I, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps right now explaining it to you because it was one of those moments in my life I thought that's a master craftsman yeah. in this area of speaking and, and taking people on a journey. So I could imagine if you worked in Kentucky with John, you would have felt the same because mm. he was such a gifted storyteller. So. I then started to weave that into a lot of my courses and then the feedback was amazing. Oh, I really enjoyed that. And people would come back to me and say, <clears throat> excuse me, would come back to me and say, yeah, I told a story and I had everyone's attention and the feedback I got was fantastic. And so I decided, no, that needs to be a standalone course. And anyway, that was a long story to tell you about <laughs> storytelling and, no, and why great. I teach it. Because yeah. John Anderson, uh, many, many years ago, uh, he, he showed me what a true craftsman, a true storyteller can do with an audience mm. and uh, taking people on a journey. It's such a fantastic skill. Mm, I remember one tip you gave me, uh, one of many, is that when you are telling a story, and especially when it's your own story, you, you 
your whole body, your whole, um, and I'm sure it's a sign, a, a chemical thing as well. Mm. You are, you can see yourself in that story. So there's mm. this this fear of speaking. This uh, it it kind of dissolves because you're telling your story like you would your friends. Yeah, and it makes it more personable. So rather than having to remember, you know, introduction, body, conclusion, which yeah. was at school, you know, you yeah. get up and do public speaking. Because it is your story and you're seeing that the the real in your mind of, of what your story is, mm-hmm. you don't have problems remembering it. No. You don't have problems telling it. Yeah. And and that whole anxiety thing dissipates. It may not disappear, but mm. it dissipates. Yeah. And I, I say just Get out of the way of the information. It's not about you up there. It's about the story. It's about the information that's coming through you. So you're just the the conduit, the vehicle. So that's actually how I describe my job. A lot of people say, oh, what do you do? And I say, oh, I'm the conduit of other people's wisdom. And they go, what? <laughs> I go, well, I'm just passing on wisdom that I've collected from other amazing people, that from other experiences, like John, the, mm. the Kentucky founder. And so, yeah, if you're, if you're speaking and you can just get into the story, see the story in your mind tell your audience that story they then see it in their mind and you're just together on this journey this wonderful journey it's like it's why we go to the movies Mm. we love stories and if you think about human history we've passed our knowledge through storytelling forever we sit around campfires we tell stories and myths and quests and and we engage people through through story could you imagine if og and whatever the other caveman's name is i've only got one name for a caveman david (laughs) david no i think no we need og and um uh, I don't know, Olaf. I don't, yeah. Olaf. I don't know. But then imagine them sitting around a fire, and one of them grabs grabs a uh, you know a, um, a a piece of cardboard and says, "Okay, first bullet point." <laughs> it just wouldn't have worked, would it? Human. I think we would have died off as a species. <laughs> <laughs> but telling stories has been a gift that we've passed down from generation to generation. But regrettably, we uh, we all of a sudden started to throw bullet points on a slide and mm. and thought that that was the best way to tell stories. But that's that's just lazy, isn't it? It is. It mm. is. Yeah. Yeah. No, get out of get out of your slides, people. Get out of your slides and get into a story. It's a much more engaging way to to take people on a journey and leaders who do this. Mm. So yeah, I love what you were saying. The gift of storytelling. Yeah. So maybe looking at it like that. They mm. they your employees, your your fellow staff, your colleagues are very fortunate to experience the gift that you have of telling them your story. I will bounce that back to you. You have a real gift of telling your stories and uh, we will tell a few on this podcast, but your uh, your book is going to come out soon and I love, love hearing your stories. I think like I'm... a bit of pressure to get that happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, the world it's needs to hear now. your stories, Michelle. <laughs> There's a lot to learn from those stories. And uh, I, I said to you when we first met, you have a real gift for storytelling and uh, I'll keep repeating that until the world hears your stories. Thank you, Guy. Yeah. So that was fun. That was yeah, fun. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, and I will post up that uh on the notes, the where, notes. yes, yep. where, uh, where that information. Came from. Yep, cool. Okay, so how do we finish this off? Uh, more dogs, more dogs, definitely. Yep. The more world dogs. will be a better place when there's more dogs, yes, and mm. more coffee needed. More coffee needed. <laughs> Bollinger, we still haven't heard from you. What's going on? We uh, we're waiting for our sponsor to contact us. They yes. don't know they're our sponsor <laughs> yet, but we are waiting for Bollinger to get in touch. Yeah. Um, how else do we finish this off? And well, to find you new and new memory. Yeah. 
newmemory.com.au. Uh, that's where it's got all the information about our, our courses. Fantastic. And michellehuntington.com for keynote speaking and guynewman.com.au for, for speaking as well. Yeah, yeah. So, and I can't wait for after this podcast, it's this episode, yeah. we have an amazing interview uh, with a leader that yes. we will publish as well. Yes, we will, Paddy. That yeah. was a great, great, uh, great interview, great chat. Yeah, he's an inspiring man. All right, yeah. you have a great week. You too. Take care. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by New Memory, providing professional development training to a global audience for over 20 years. New Memory specialises in leadership development programs, as well as time management, communication, presentation skills, customer centricity, and much more. Help your staff become their best self. Download the course catalogue from newmemory.com.au and let them exceed your staff training objectives. That's newmemory.com.au com.au <laughs> Well, that was fun. That was fun. <laughs> You're the, such a clown. The clown. <laughs> Lady Captain. <laughs> and who's going to listen to this? Maybe our mums. Thanks, mum. Thanks, mum.